What is up? What is happening? Welcome back to episode 116 of Skates at the Stakes. It is September 11th, and we have Islander news finally. Lou had one of his many uh, infamous season press conferences. We get maybe three of these a year max, this one being the first of the year. So we have a Lou press conference. We have Andrew Ladd retiring officially, so we'll talk about Andrew Ladd for a little bit. Pierre Engvall was on 32 lots, and I think that's about it. Am I forgetting anything? Not that I can, uh, you know, think of off the top of my head here. Uh, welcome back to Skates of the Stakes, everyone. The season's uh, finally kicking into gear. We're going to have, uh, you know, in some capacity, Islanders hockey starting up this week, so we're excited to be on with you. Uh, but, yeah, no, today's one of the best days of the year, a Lou Lamarillo press conference. I know AJ said infamous, but these are my favorite days because I love this little guy. He's so funny. I like seeing him go to the podium and say his magic words to all these reporters just, like, uh, stutter and fall over their words. So it's a lot of fun having Lou do a press Jake, how are you doing, pal? Jackson Cates is a New York Islander. That much is uh, true, uh, among many other news that we'll get into. But um, rookie camp starts this week, I'm pretty sure. Training camp, possibly next week. Preseason's coming up, which means regular season's coming up, which means we're going to win the Stanley Cup soon enough. So it's all coming to a start. It's uh, pretty exciting. And um, a little presser is always fun, as we know. Yeah, I don't really mind the Jackson Cates news. I know some people were talking about it today. I don't really care. I guess we can go right into the Lou press conference unless anyone else wants to get into anything. I thought it was fine. Uh, This was, I think, the least concerned I've ever been going into a quote-unquote, what do we want to call it, beginning of season Lou presser. I know he had one last year and he had some... Maybe more interesting quotes. Like he's saying, uh, what did he say last year that kind of set me off? Something about wanting to score more goals or um, or outscore our... Or, um, goal differential. Goal differential a better, right? Yeah, the goal differential one. I forget the exact quote, but just not what I wanted to hear after having a disastrous season with COVID and, you know, Chara... But this one was pretty calm for the most part. I know a lot of people were freaking out about one quote, but do we just want to start uh, from the beginning and then make our way to the end? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I watched the presser. I know kind of how it goes, and I can get into the flow of it. But starting off, uh, Lou announced that training camp's about to start. And, you know, we're all very excited for Islander training camp, even if most of it's behind closed doors. But um, they're going to do, you know, it's going to start with uh, rookie camp, which is technically everyone on their ELC. So it assu- you can assume Simon Holmstrom will be at rookie camp, even though he's, you know, going to probably make or be a candidate for the NHL roster. Guys like E2 Lucas is going to be there. Uh, Caladelia, some international guys. But basically anyone in the org that's on their ELC is going to be at rookie camp. And then uh, Lou said that basically they're going to do scrimmage games on the days of uh, preseason games. So everyone's going to get game day action on the days that there's a preseason game, even if you're not playing in the game. You'll be able to tell who's going to play in the preseason game that night by the roster of the game during the day. Uh, so that's how you can tell what preseason games you can go to. So I thought that was pretty cool that the Islanders are doing this year because you really normally never know who's going to play in the preseason game. Um, then Lou started getting into the Zach stuff, but any thoughts on kind of the early stuff? There's going to be practices starting up, rookie camp, anything there? I'm happy to see Kale and E2 over over on this side, of the, over on this side of the Atlantic. So I think that'll be fun. Yeah, that's awesome to see. Obviously, um, I didn't see the one. I know you probably watched the entire press conference. 
no one really said anything about the preseason game one, obviously, or the practice into a game. Uh, just be careful, guys. Let's not overwork these guys with game days, obviously. So, what's very light beer league game morning scrimmage and then a preseason game? Let's make sure that we have all our guys not beat up opening night going too hard against, you know, with all due respect, the uh, Jackson Cates of the NHL. Yeah, I mean, again, there's going to be a lot of comp at camp, and you have to play a veteran minimum in these games. So as long as everyone's getting the proper amounts of looks to make the main roster, I'm happy with it. I just was more interested in, like, let's say there's we're on, or you as the listener, you're on the fence about going to a preseason game. You could just see Andrew Gross is going to tweet out, you know, who's playing in that game in the morning and be like, okay, if they didn't play in the morning, they're probably going to be in the preseason game tonight. Maybe it's a good idea to go. So just just something I thought was cool for the listener thought Lou was cool to shout it out but um yeah don't hurt yourself in preseason and then he gets into the Zach stuff I mean the Zach stuff is very interesting and big but uh it appears you know Zach Parise is not gonna start training camp with the New York Islanders he's in Minnesota right now with his family Lou made sure to say he is not retired as of yet but Zach Parise is not currently on the New York Islanders or on the New York Islanders planned roster for training camp uh AJ I'll let you take the first stab at this one what are you thinking about the Zach news here? Well, you see, everything said was Zach crazy, and it makes you kind of wonder what's going on with Josh Bailey. Now, Josh Bailey obviously isn't with the org. They did trade him, and then he got bought out, so he's not really the Islanders' property, but he's an Islanders legend, obviously. Been here over a thousand games. It's been radio silent what's going on with Josh Bailey, so I was kind of interested to see if anyone asked him anything about Josh Bailey as well. Because obviously I know Zach Parise is getting most of the spotlight as of right now when it's coming to um, Islander fan heads about him coming back or him retiring. Personally, I don't mind either one. Parise was great last year, don't get me wrong, 21 goals. Going to have to find a, re- a way to replace that, but... I do, uh, I am excited to see how we can replace that and how maybe a guy like Julian Gauthier will step in and replace that or Oliver Walsham will get more game time or Simon Holmstrom or maybe another outside option like Thomas Tatar could replace what Zach Parisi did. Obviously, Parisi was a lot older, so I'm not as hurt as some people are. I know a lot of people were very upset when they heard all the uh, Parisi stuff today. But Lou also didn't rule Parisi coming back halfway through the season or something like that. Uh, this is every NHL player's dream to miss training camp and just start playing, like, you know, maybe in November if we really needed him. It was kind of way the it was kind of weird, excuse me, the way Lou worded everything on Zach Parisi about him not being at camp but not counting him out of you know the roster. Right? What did he say exactly? Did does anyone have that pulled up he right now? He said the door's open for Zach to return. It, it made sense to me. It said Lou still wants Zach as an Islander, but Zach hasn't made his decision yet. He has the rest of the year to make his decision. But the door's open for Zach to come back, but at the moment he's still in Minnesota with his family. Yeah, very interesting quote. Uh, Zach said if we would take him back, he'd play, but maybe the body's just not feeling it. He wasn't at the uh, the Beauty League camp either, which he's always at. Am I right? He wasn't there. So, 
Yeah, for the most part. Before I kick it to Jake, yeah, but I don't know what's going on with Zach. I mean, I don't think he's really bogged down in negotiations. Like, he had 21 goals last year, which should be enough to have gone and paid 2 or $3 million on the open market. Like, he had a hell of a season. His analytics were incredible, too. But by the end, he was just so worn down in that playoff series that maybe, maybe just for him to play a whole season of hockey, I think, he might need to start with some rest. Like, I don't think Zach can play 100 games in a year anymore. I think maybe... He might be trying to get his body closer to 80 if he's coming back or even if he's just going to like rest his body and see if it's worth it at all. Because if you remember those last games against Carolina, he was kind of going down. But Jake, I'll kick it over to you before I share a little more on what I think. Yeah, a bit of a bummer to read uh, as soon as I wake up. Um, this week, I was kind of thinking that he'd be back for camp. Um, I kind of bought into the, oh, it's not announced because he'll be back at camp kind of thing. But um, Lou obviously shot that down. Um He's not retired. He's not come out and retired. He could just be enjoying um, time with his family. I believe he is not on Long Island right now. I believe he's at Minnesota, but what do I know? Um, if the Islanders are struggling, I'm going to take Zach Parisi back mid-year. Um, I'll have to watch the part. I know Ryan watched it. I'm, I'm going to watch it a little bit later, uh, see if I missed anything. But um, it's a bummer, um, but they got to replace the production. It might be a good thing to uh, – get playing time to certain guys who need it, but it's also 21 goals that you're losing out of the lineup and uh, leadership and what he brings on the ice. So we'll see what happens. You know, he could show up next week. He could change his mind. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, I love Zach. I, I, I would love for him to come back, but I just think after the Carolina series, he did contribute. I, I think he did have a goal in game three i think it was yeah game three or four but like zach you know he had a really good season i would love to have him back but i don't know if the body's built for 100 100 game stretch anymore if it has to be somewhere in between 50 and 80 for us to win the cup like i know there's 82 games in a season but if we're playing the math that we're a playoff team um and for it to be worth it for zach maybe you have to like give him a lighter load and uh you know maybe he doesn't want to assume healthy scratch because when he's out there he's one of our eight or nine best forwards on any given night so that that's kind of how i'm rationing it i think zach's still probably coming back and lou made it sound like he was coming back he he made sure to not say zach's retiring and i feel like zach would come forward and you know be a big story because he deserves his own days he's, he's a great hockey player and he's you know he's had a big impact on the nhl in his past 15 16 years in the league like you know he was a great player with the devils one of the cornerstones for the wild and then you know at the islanders every Islander family loves this guy so we'll see what happens people are saying we have to get younger i don't think necessarily that's true because if Zach Frise is still going to play off the ice guys like Carson Kuhlman, Julian Gauthier, Simon Holmstrom, they still needs to be in our lineup. So we'll see. I, I really, um, I was kind of encouraged by the door open thing, but I, I know it could be taken a bunch of different ways. He did not have any points in our playoff series with the Carolina Hurricanes. And I don't know. I think I'm probably, I love Zach. Don't get me wrong, but I really don't care I don't care is the wrong word, but I don't really mind if he doesn't come back. I'd rather look at another option that's more suitable. Yes, those 21 goals last year, he had a great year. But if we can possibly, I know, he has to, the entire team has to score more, but if we can maybe get someone that could put up more 40 to 50 points, okay, I'm not going to complain about six points, but if we can get a guy that could put up 50 points on our third line, which won't happen because the New York Islanders are a black hole with scores for... Whatever reason, however however you want to look at it, maybe a lack of power play, maybe just the way we play. 
But if you can get a guy like Thomas Tatar who could theoretically just put up 50 points, I'd rather have him than Zach Parisi, even though it wouldn't be as enjoyable to root for him because I know we all love Zach. But I mean, I'd rather look at another option that could maybe have a longer-lasting effect with this team. So, I don't really care as much about Zach coming back. I don't know if he will be back, but the quotes were very weird and encouraging, however you want to spin them. Yeah, I mean, 21 goals is still enough. I know like he had a bunch of empty netters and, you know... It's still, I, I think someone has to play him out of the lineup and take that spot in the top nine for me to be like, okay, we shouldn't have Zach. But, you know, he, he played a big role for his age. And I don't know, I'm going to miss him if he doesn't come back. But I think today might be the last we really hear about him until he makes his decision if he doesn't come back. Uh, I don't think we're going to harp on Zach too much the next couple pods. I think if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, you know, the first time we lose, I'll be like, man, we can use Zach Parise right now. But um, hopefully that's 10 or 15 games into the season after a big winning streak so we'll see what happens um but yeah next off with the presser you know lou went all over the map next he talked about romanov a little bit so romanov is coming back from off-season surgery um he might not be ready for the beginning of camp a lot of people took this a bunch of different ways i took this as a good thing because you want him to be 100 percent when he's getting on the ice even if he misses a couple practices um you know and i think this is a sign to not overreact normally lou doesn't give this kind of update but um completely fine with hearing about in this context jake i'll let you go first on this one um any big reaction to the rami injury yeah obviously he had surgery right after the season was ended after the injury that Corey perry gave him obviously playing the postseason but um take your time there's no rush getting alex romano back uh we need him 100 obviously um if he has to miss a few camp practices it's not you know the end of the world i know the quote was that he might be ready but if he's not he's very close to being ready so um, if he misses a few practices, it's not a big deal. Just we need him healthy. If not, uh, it's a big, big opportunity for Samuel Bolduc to, you know, step in there and have a good few practices while he's out, kind of prove his worth. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, it's a good thing that nobody else is, like Lou said, Romano was the only one whose, you know, camp status is in doubt right now. So that's a good sign, but hope Romano is okay and, um, we need him 100%. So no rush. Yeah, kind of just what to piggyback off of what Jake said. It's fine. I'm happy he will be 100% rather than maybe 95%. If he misses a week of practice, it really shouldn't, you know, mess up his flow and mojo too bad. He's probably been working it and doing PT all summer, so just hoping that he feels right because we don't need him having a lingering injury going into you know, 2023, 2024. That's the last thing you want to see with one of your guys who's going to be a, I don't want to say a cornerstone defenseman, but a very big piece for the New York Islanders this year. He was awesome before he got hurt last year. He was all right in the playoffs, but you could tell he was playing very hurt. And he, you know, he did what he had to do to try to help us win. He played good in the playoffs. It wasn't what we saw before the injury, but you can't blame the guy. He was in so much pain, and I commend him for even trying to play through all that. So hopefully he'll be good before um, any of the preseason games starts. He probably will be if Lou's telling us all this, but uh, just want our boy to be ready for uh, another hopeful, hopefully big season out of number 28. 
Yeah, Rami's a dog. Um, I, I hope he's coming back in a big way here. Uh, one of my favorites on the team, and I think he might be due for a big breakout here. I'm very excited. We'll probably do more preview stuff, but you know that's going to put a lot of pressure on Boldu to make the roster out of camp. I think he will. Um, I think we all kind of have him in pencil. But um, you know, let's say we have to start the season with Pelic. Bolduke uh, on the left side, who even is the organizational number four right now if someone gets injured. Um, Solo again, I guess. It's kind of scary at that point, but... Or the organizational number five on the left side, I guess it would be Solo. Um, could probably use some more defensive depth on the left, but we'll see if there's any more PTOs. But um, next up, we'll go into our one PTO we signed. We have a new Islander on this one. I made a joke that was an emergency pod on the pod Twitter if anyone saw that. But uh, Jackson Cates. Jackson Cates is coming into the New York Islanders on PTO. AJ, I'll let you kick the tires here on Jackson Cates. I'd never heard of this guy. I thought we got the good Cates and then it wasn't. But uh, who's Jackson Cates and why is he important? Uh, he's related to Noah Cates, who's very good at hockey. Um, Jackson Cates is not as good at hockey, but I think he played a few games with the Flyers. If he didn't, then I misread it. I, it's Jackson Cates. He's probably our second or third uh, line center. I almost said string because all everyone's talking about right now is football, and for a good reason. Second or third line center in Bridgeport. He did. He's going to camp on a PTO, which I assume he could sign a Bridgeport contract. He's not making the New York Islanders. Don't get me wrong. So professional tryout option or whatever PTO stands for. I feel like professional should include AHL. So he's probably gonna be an AHL, and I'm fine with that. That's good. Good. Good organizational depth in a very important position in center. He's not going to be his brother, more likely than not. So, you know what? Just have good hockey players down in the AHL. Have a winning season down there. Build a bit better of a culture with uh, Rick Kowalski as our new head coach. Let Maggio, Dufour, maybe Simon, whoever's down there, do their thing, grow. And we'll see what happens. I like the move. I would like us to get another defenseman to play down there, but I don't see it happening. Lou said something cool, though. He said that um, the Islanders have had a lot of guys who wanted to come in on PTOs, but the expectation around a PTO is you're going to let the guy play so that someone else can pick him up if you don't expect them to make an impact. Um, Lou said that the same, you know, kind of AHL scouting team that was able to locate guys last year, kind of a reference to Hudson Fashing, was able to select this guy and think he has a shot to make the team. So I thought that was interesting. That that was kind of the quote with some context. All Lou said was, you know, you don't give PTOs to guys you don't think are going to be able to make a team or make an impact here, or you're kind of wasting your time. And then he went into why he signed Jackson Cates, uh, which wasn't really much why. It was just that this guy, like he said, the scouts think he's interesting. Uh, but, you know, definitely a warm body. And um, I think, it, you know, he's a center. And the biggest thing we keep talking about is the team doesn't have a fifth or, or well we have five centers on the pro roster and six with Engvall but you know if everyone starts going down like last year we don't want to see Otto Ball again so if this guy's better than Otto Koivula which uh, let Jake talk about in a minute it's pretty easy to be better than Otto Koivula then I'm completely fine with having him on the AHL roster but Jake you can you can talk here yeah camp body um he'll play awesome a preseason they'll overreact as always but uh um, two points in 20 NHL games. Uh, he was in the AHL last year, got 23 points in 65 games. Um, you know, a good 
organizational center. Uh, so Otto doesn't have to play. Uh, that's now Carson Coleman, Tanner Fritz, Brian Penho, and now Jackson Cates, all better than Otto Koivula. We'll see what he does in camp. Uh, it can't hurt. It is a PTO. Uh, last year, we didn't bring anyone on a PTO. I believe it's been a few years. I think Gustafson was the last one. Um, so it's been a while, but uh, it's good to be back on the PTO train. And uh, welcome to the island, Jackson Cates. Yeah, the Gus bus himself did get a PTO here, and now he's on Broadway. So, you know, our bench warmers are kind of their starters. Um, just kind of looking at kids. Yeah, you know, good AHL player, like Hudson Fashion, never could get it done at the pro level on some stinky team. So maybe there's fashion potential here. Let's, let's do this right now. Um, but everyone, go with your uh, percentage that this guy becomes the next Hudson Fashion. AJ, you go first. What percent do you give him? Five percent. It's not going to happen. We don't they know the give room. him your uh, fashion I'll go ten. Like I'd have to see what he bring. Like I, I, I even tried looking at a YouTube video. There's nothing really there, so we'll have to see. Uh, they could see something in him, but I'll go ten. Um, it, it, it might just be good organizational depth, or it might be a potential um, recruiting strategy to get Noah Cates. Maybe I'll give him. I'll give him. I uh, probably am closer to five than ten years. So I was gonna go five percent. AJ said five percent. I was like, oh, I'll bump it to ten. And then Jake said ten percent. I was like, ah, that's not dumb. I'd be being disingenuous to say that. But yeah, maybe maybe Chris Lumberell is good at scouting the dog after he saw Hudson Fashing have the dog in him last year. But um, that might be the most Jackson Cates talk we do on this podcast. So he'll be immortalized forever. Um, next up, we got an Oliver Wallstrom update. Oliver Wallstrom's healthy and starting camp. Lou actually said a couple nice things about Oliver Wallstrom um, and the player he's growing into i didn't really expect that out of lou because there were some reports that there were tent was tension there and that wallstrom was looking for a trade but i guess lou took the high ground said that wally's developing well um and he's becoming a player that you know isn't just a scoring option he's becoming more of a well-rounded player uh aj i'll kick that to you any thoughts on wally here it was a small point it's good to hear that he's becoming a well-rounded player but uh, with all due respect we do not care score all we need for this guy is to score. We need him to be a power play threat. You could be a power play merchant. You could just be Victor Olsen. We don't care. I don't care about his two-way game. I'm not really worried about that right now. I'm more worried about finding ways to replace Zach Parise's goals and having Oliver Wallstrom really have a standout year offensively. I'm. It's good to see him want to be a two-way player, but if this guy wants to make a lot of money in this league, just worry about you know, putting the puck in the back of the net, working on your slap shot, working on whatever you can do to make yourself an effective power play player alongside Barzal and Horvat possibly. I don't think he'll be on power play one to start off the year, but who knows? Um, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, you want to be as useful as you can to the team. You want to be a good team player, and I respect that, and I love that. And that's a really good sign for him as a player and a person for the New York Islanders. But we need this guy to just score goals and score at a shit ton. Because if not, his role on this team might get replaced very fast. He's not going to out two-way Simon Holmstrom. So, you're kind of he's kind of in a weird spot here. He needs to be a really good offensive player. Because Simon Holmstrom's an incredible two-way player and an analytical darling. So, right now he's losing that battle. So, why don't you just go out there and try to score 30 goals? I know, 30 is a large number for someone who hasn't put up 20 yet. But, you see what I'm saying. We need him to score goals and maybe focus less on his two-way game. Get his conditioning up. Conditioning is a massive thing, obviously. But score. 
uh, score goals and stand out and make yourself useful in a way that we, as Islander fans, have been begging for the last decade in a elite goal-scoring winger. Yeah, I looked back on his draft class the other day, and it's really underwhelming compared to... I mean, it wasn't a great draft for forwards, but, like, you know, the benchmark for his class is as low as Joel Farabee, and he's not really close. And Farabee's, like, fine, but, like, he's not even close to being at that level. Um, and there's still a couple of other forwards that are coming up now that are passing him, but, like, you know, he, he really has to step up eventually because I think this year's kind of the shit or get off the pot for Wally, um, even if he wants to be a power forward now for what never reason uh but yeah uh what were you gonna say something there no no um i, I think i kind of made my point with the rant just score goals i really don't i really yeah, don't absolutely. care <laughs> about the uh, two-way play that's my bad. uh but then jake uh any anything on wally just quick point there before i guess we move into the big news story of the day yeah I, i'm not gonna rant um What's good is Lou said he's 100%. Obviously, just speculated torn ACL. He's 100% going to the camp. That's a good sign. He's also said he's put a lot of work in this summer. I saw, I think, Peter Schwartz uh, tweeted that. I could be lying. I don't know. But um, it's good that he's uh, put in a lot of work this summer. It's good he's 100%. And, you know, I just hope, like I just said, uh, I'll say it in fewer words, he needs to score. Um, but it's going to be an interesting camp in preseason to see where they put him because – that's a bit of a mystery right now. You don't know where he's going to be, but good that is 100% and good that he's putting in the work because uh, that's what he should be doing. Yep, and the final story of the day, the coaching staff is all back. And then when asked to clarify, Lou Lamarillo clarified that John McClain, coach of the NHL's 30th best power play last year, the power play coach, which, you know, these guys, their roles aren't written in stone. He's the power play coach plus X, Y, and Z. He doesn't just coach the power play, but um, John McClain's back, the guy responsible for the power play last year. And this led to some fun tweets. I'm not I'm not happy about this. Um, I've had discussions with the Brain Trust of Islanders Twitter and everyone, you know, with the, with the brain between the shoulders and like, you know, some people. But, um, you know, uh, we had, you know, pretty firm opinions that this could be fine. It could not be a big deal. But, Jake, I'll let you go first on John McClain here. Um, talk your shit if you have any. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it sucks. Um, it's it's just crazy bringing, like, in Ludim and at the first um uh, buddy in like confirmed that he was coming back so maybe he thought about replacing him and there might not have been a lot out there um but he is back um it looks kind of like that was gonna be the case the last month because nothing was really announced and all the bridgeport stuff was announced so everyone was speculating oh he he is probably back and it's it's a weird decision um i get it's not all in the coach it's not 100 percent john mcqueen's fault that the power plays dog shit um, but it, you know, I just don't see why how you can bring him back. It's uh, it's it's unfortunate. You gotta hope that you know he runs the system a bit different this year. Uses players a good spot. If he doesn't use Bell Horvat in the bumper spot, I'm I'm just I'm gonna be beside myself. But you know, we'll see what happens. I'm not gonna hate on the guy forever. Uh, you know, he gets a somewhere to Anders League. It's a fresh slate for me. Uh, the power play is oh for. 30 the first week of the season on I'm, I'm gonna make my voice heard um the rest of the corners that fine you know, like uh, the pk was good last year um everything else like i did not expect the goalie coaches to be gone mitch corn is still here that's a good thing um but yeah john mcqueen i uh, wasn't thrown without announcement i tweeted out the jurgen klopp meme um it's not looking good uh yeah but 
Um, he could be very good this year. I, I have no idea how to how to take it right now. It's just it's it's not something I expected. I expected them to move on. I didn't. I'm not really too shocked right now. People are gonna overreact. What everything? Don't get me wrong, but we're gonna have a full year of Barzal and Horvat on the power play healthy together. Should be a lot better. Horvat put up 20 points on the power play last year. I know not many with the New York Islanders, but he didn't really have a playmaker to help him out at all. It was just kind of weird the way they set everything up. Dobson didn't look good on the power play either. I'll give him a I'll give him a fresh start. Very short leash. But I'm not going to be crying about it like other people are right now. It's not the end of the world. Um, it's not great. I'm not going to be the one going out. I'm not the one out there trying to find the new power play coach for the New York Islanders. It's an aspect of the game they really need to work on. And they need to improve on and haven't been top even 12 since I don't know when. Probably since I guess 18 or 17-18 uh, when Barzal and Tavares played together for Barzal's rookie year. Someone stat check. Stat fact check that? Yeah, fact check that. I almost said stat check that. Uh, so Jake, fact check that real quick if what we were that year in 17-18. But, um, it's fine. They have a full year now of Barzal and Horvat together to really fix everything. Dobson will hopefully be better. They'll help, hopefully have told him what he needs to improve this summer, what he needs to work on. You get Wallstrom in the mix. You get a full year of Engvall, a full year of Wallstrom, like I just said. The team should be a lot better on paper offensively. You don't have also Anthony Bovillier and, with all due respect, Josh Bailey, who would sometimes drag the second unit down a lot by kind of just holding the puck on that right flank. You don't have Bailey holding the puck anymore. So I think you can possibly get more passes in, more chances, more lanes created without him hogging the puck on the side, just waiting for something to happen. Just pass the puck around a little bit more, have Pajot create some chaos. I want to see where Engvall will fit on this power play this year with the second unit, but it should be good. I'm excited to see how uh, it works in camp, and I don't really care how they do in camp also, but I just want to see how they set everything up because Horvat hopefully should be in front of the net where he did get most of his goals with the Vancouver Canucks, but I know we have Andresley, so... A lot of internal discussions that have to happen, but I think the right ones will happen. And if not, if it's bad the first week of the season, everyone's going to let Lou know about it. Just like everyone let Lou know about Timo Meyer and Bo Horvat. And one of those guys did come to Long Island. So The Islanders were 6th in 17-18 at 23.2%. Obviously missed the playoffs. <laughs> That's so filthy, man. That team was so good, but they couldn't defend for their lives. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing I guess to say here is McLean is always going to be the scapegoat for the power play. Um, I'm not saying he's not bad at his job. He's probably bad at his job. But, um, you know, he could be the best power play coach in the world. It's the guy who's on the guys on the ice who can execute. He's obviously not the best power play coach in the world. But he, you know, if, even if he was, it's not the guy on the ice to execute. I'm not going to lose my shit over this. I think it's very funny that they could have just fired the guy right now and everyone would have perfect vibes going into the season like we accomplished what we needed to do in the offseason. Um, uh, we didn't need to add the talent this year. It was optional. Uh, we just retained who we have and we're ready to run it back this year. But then I guess uh, the other thing to say would be, you know, now if the power play doesn't start off hot and the Islanders struggle out of the gate, 
you can fire John McClane before you fire Lane Lambert. So at least there's one bullet to fire there before you um, before you make a, a change. I don't think Lane's in really much danger of getting fired. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier this summer, but um, yeah, at least you have that bullet in the chamber where McClane is obviously the guy to go if um, if the season doesn't start off hot, which. You know, it was a bad power play. Maybe fix some stuff. Um, I don't know who's in charge of the personnel, him or Lambert, but you assume him. And hopefully he was in the kitchen scheming all summer. Lou did compliment the coaching staff quite a lot. And it becomes more frustrating with McLean knowing he's a former devil and knowing that him and, like, Jacques Lemaire and guys like that are in our front office. Um, you know, they're there because they're friends with Lou. They might not be there because they're talent at the position, so it makes it a little bit more frustrating. Um, you know, they're guys who won with Lou in the 90s, so it becomes frustrating. But Hey, maybe he is the best man for the job. The optics just kind of suck. Could be. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Lane still. So, who's out there right now, head coach-wise? Because if we have a bad start, I, I don't know. Is Claude Julian still out there? Yeah, Claude Julian's still out there. He's been out there for five years. I mean, John Quinville, like, it's really a bunch of has No, and, no, no Quinville. Yeah, we're not getting Quinville. But, but Boudreaux is not out there anymore. He got hired yeah. by the generals, I think. I really wouldn't want Bruce. I'd be... If things go south, I don't hate bringing in Claude Julian. I think he'd be a good fit for the New York Islanders. I think it'd be fun. Uh, Claude Julian hasn't coached yeah. in three years. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass. Yeah, I'm not taking Claude Julian. I mean, I, I think give Lane the leash, see what happens. I'm not he taking Golani either. Last year's first year. I mean, I've seen coaches get hyped up for less. We'll see. I, I don't know. We got to see what Lane Ball really is a year two. So. Yeah, it's either he's going to play. I mean, again, January was just so bad, but it's I I have faith that Lane's going to pull through. Um, but, you know, or I, I think he's I think he's going to be a good coach. I think they're in a position to make the playoffs again this year, and I don't think it's going to be Lane's fault if they come short. I think they'll probably just fall. Like, what was the complaint with Lambert? We've seen 82 games plus a playoff series of him. It wasn't great, to be they fair. The playoff, they made the playoffs. Yeah, he followed up like a top five coach in NHL history, and it took a little bit of a downgrade. I mean, I'm not going to say last season was great by any stretch. They did underperform, but they didn't make playoffs. So you could look at it both ways. I want to see what lane ball is rather than him going into the full Barry Trot style towards the end of the year. It did work. So um, I just want to see what he's going to do year two with this team. So. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's going to be a lot. Beauvillier and Bailey were just so bad last year. Like, they were playing a lot of games in January, and I think just replacing them with Engvall and obviously Bo Orvat helps out a lot. Um, you know, we, we did get lucky last year with guys like Hudson Fashing ringing the bell and answering the call, but we'll see if that's Lambert making them step up or if they return to being, you know, more two-way guys. I don't see it with Fashing. I think he keeps it going, but there's some guys on the roster like Aho that I do get a little worried about but from what i you know from watching every game last year but also a little bit of a hazy vision because it's been a few months now i think lane did get the best out of a lot of guys but then some guys like probably could done a lot better with which if, if they lose five in a row he's got to go but i until that happens i'm not really going to be too frustrated with him yeah i think that's fair to say i wouldn't say i'm frustrated i'm just more saying if things get bad i don't hate the idea i'm not in love with the guy is what i'm trying to say yeah it's, i still i'm still happy with him i think you know i think the fans are a lot lower on him than they should be it's just you know you step into barry trotz's shoes 
it's going to be pretty difficult, but we'll we'll see. Lane writes his story this season. Last year, he gets kind of a pass from the haters because he made the playoffs, and he gets a ha- a pass from people who want to give him too much praise because it's still mostly Trout's team. But I liked what we saw in year one. Yeah, and you know he he was a rookie head coach. I know he obviously learned from one of the best, but it, it could take time. So again, like I've said a million times, he gets a clean slate from me. I could see Lou moving on if things go sour. He's done it before with other coaches. Um, regardless of who's out there, we'll have to see. But uh, he's earned a second year. We we said that a month or whenever the hell it was announced. Um, so we'll have to see. Yeah, I guess the locker room. It also depends how the locker room feels on him too. I want the players to be, I guess, more uh, happy than us being happy with the coach, obviously. I know it was probably very weird in the locker room when Josh Bailey got sat for his 1,000th game at home. Uh, I think that, I don't, I, there's no way in hell that went over well. I'm very shocked that happened still, but who knows. Yeah, I mean, he was trying to make a statement. I don't know, Bailey was bad. Like, I, I love Josh Bailey, but last year was just, he was one of the worst players in the league. I'm not going to. It's crocodile tears for me to say, like, oh, they should have played Bailey more. He, he was really bad last year. Um, yeah, yeah, that's no. fair. But, like, that it, that was very early in the year, too, before Josh Bailey got really, really um, under the weather for Islander fans. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, yeah, at least they won't have to deal with the Bailey drama behind the scenes now because that was just a mess. Um Whatever it was, we're like, well, now we would probably never hear the full story on it. But yeah, looking now, he went the first six games scoreless, and then they scratched him, and they made his debut against the Rangers at home um, when they probably could have given it to him again before. But it's whatever. Uh, I'm kind of happy a coach put their foot down to Bailey last year and just cut ties and was like, yeah, enough's enough. He wasn't good. Um, We'll see. But moving on, you know, that's that's kind of Lou talk. We can go into some of the more fun stuff. I mean, Andres Lee's doing Can Jam Cancer this week. Um, you know, if you can donate, donate what you can. You know, he's doing the big fundraiser on the website. Uh, really good thing to go around. I know Matt Martin's doing his carry poker event as we're recording this. So it's just nice that the, the family's back together on the island. I mean, the guys that have been here for 10 years now are back. I was listening to uh, Isles Anxiety's pod the other day. Ryan Pulak bought a house here. It's it's becoming like a really nice family place for these guys. So uh, my question for you guys, I, I know I didn't put on the run list before the show, but how do you guys feel about the country club at this point? Um, are you? Do you think Horvat and Engvall are enough to kind of disrupt that vibe that we we both kind of talked about? We all three of us talked about last season that it was starting to feel a little bit too chummy in the country club, like that the team would play like a bunch of assholes some nights. But you know they're they're here forever. We'll see. I, I do like the family vibe to this team. Now everyone who's here is here the rest of their career. But how do you guys kind of feel about that atmosphere with the team right now? Uh, Jake, I'll kick it to you first on this one. Yeah, I, I do like the vibes. Um, right now, they're obviously, like you said, they're all at the uh, event that we are not at. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is kind of a big family from a contract standpoint that they are all here um, this year and for a few years. So uh, they all love each other. You can see they, they're not even taking a break from each other in the offseason. Um, a few tweets saying, oh, they're still, they're still golfing together, doing this, doing that. So I love to see it, but um, hopefully um, – the tilt on the ice, um, luck, uh, loves the family as well. It's cool to see everyone, you know, being chummy, being boys. 
the group's going to be together and they're going to be lifelong friends, which is obviously cool to see. We kind of grew up with this team the last few years as a podcast, so and I know as we were all fans, obviously, during their very fun run, so it's cool to see how everyone's kind of staying down and staying on Long Island. I know Ryan Pulak didn't have a house yet. I'm a little surprised about that, I'm not going to lie. But um, it's fine. I think we're happy with the team. We think the team's going to be very good this year, so just kind of depends how it all plays out. Maybe we got to see what the team needs, but for the most part, I think the backbone and the structure is pretty well set with, you know, having your goaltenders locked up for the next three years and then Sorokin. Your decors locked up pretty much besides uh, besides Dobson or Romanov. The team is pretty much what it's going to be. I'm just kind of intrigued to see what the fourth line is going to be. Other than that, I'm comfortable with everything we have. Maybe we need a power play specialist, which we can get into in a little bit. But I'm pretty fine with everything we got right now. Yeah, I'm hyped. I mean, like, it's it's nice. It's kind of becoming ritual this at this point that, you know, we do the fundraiser for Martz and then Lee is here and it's these guys have become pillars of the community. It's cool until we lose like five games in a row in September and we're just like, oh, these guys, they're too chummy. They need to they need some intensity and fire. Uh, but, you know, we see kind of some of the pieces around the edge move, but the core stays. I guess uh, I forgot this one, but last quote, Lou wasn't committing to the identity line. He said that's the coach's decision. I don't have anything to really say here i think we kind of all figured this but um what do you i I guess a funner a more fun context put this in what percentage odds would you give the identity line to come back jake you could go first here yeah i'm gonna go yes uh well if it's opening then zero because quarterback will not be healthy but um as a line i'll give them 65 percent um they're on the contract as we know but I didn't see it. Uh, Style tweeted at me um, that he's encouraging competition uh, in camp and the coaches put the best lineup on the ice. So, you know, we'll have to see um, who's there or who's where. Um, But I still think it's a pretty likely scenario. This is going to be the last run, you know, because uh, they both have one year left. But, um, you know, we'll have to see how they feel. So I'll go 65. What was the percentage question? Sorry. What percentage do you give that the identity line starts the season? I really don't know. We have, like you said, we have a lot of competition this year with Carson Kuhlman, Julian Gauthier, Simon Holmstrom. I could really see maybe Cal Clutterbuck not winning his battle. I think Martin will stay in for the first few weeks, but I think I'm going to... So Jake said 65. What did you say, Ryan? Did I was you... leaving it to you before I said it, but okay. I'm going to go um, with 75%. Yeah, I'm going to go... I don't think Flutterbuck will win it, so I guess would that be zero or would that be 40% if we have two-thirds of the guys? What do we, wait, so where's the Clutterbuck thing coming from? I don't think Clutterbuck will win his battle. I don't think he will be starting at, I guess, the fourth right-wing position for the New York Islanders this season. I, think I he guess loses that's what that. the question's contingent on, because I think Cal's going to win that spot. He should win that, but I think maybe maybe someone surprises us. I don't know. I'm gonna. All right, I'll go thirty percent. I think Clutterbuck maybe loses his battle. I think Martin will start no matter what. Uh, I think Cal is an open discussion. I think he might be able to be knocked out of the lineup. Sezikis obviously no. Martin Martin should be able to be knocked out, but I don't think he will for the start. Got to see with Cal. Also, got to make sure he's healthy enough. So you know that guy's battled injury after injury, so his body's taking an absolute battle and 
if it is, hey, so be it, but we'll see. I'm not mad if they start the year, though, but if the if it's not looking pretty, you got to pull the plug right away. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, I mean, without getting too into it, um, a certain 80-plus or 90-plus-year-old Islanders writer decided to <laughs> relitigate the Nino for um, for um, Caltrade a couple days ago, um, talking about no less than Stan Fischler, friend of the program. Um, not actually a friend of the program, but in my head, he's like a friend of mine because I like reading his articles every day because he likes the Islanders, I like the Islanders, he has an optimistic spin. But um, yeah, we, we don't have to relitigate that trade now, but Cal has definitely left his mark on Long Island and... Uh, trades probably a wash at some point i don't know i don't know i really have strong feelings about it 10 years later but someone really gated it because that's how deep in the offseason we were at a point the last week before lou stepped it up um but yeah no i mean besides that i guess on the docket for tonight um we could do tatar next before we do lads retirement i think that's like a good <laughs> a good burn off segment so we could extend all our remaining energy there but thomas tatar uh, changed his agent this week we kind of expected maybe lou would have dropped a little hint on tatar today it's things have gone silent since elliot said he might be a penguin but apparently those negotiations fell through as reported on 32 thoughts today oh we also have to get to angle but um there was the uh 32 thoughts today to Tatar changed his agent to the same agent as uh, Bo Horvat, uh, Josh Bailey, Zach Parise, Cal Clutterbuck, a lot of guys on the Islanders, Casey Sezikis, um, and he's looking to play for a team in the Eastern Conference. So, uh, you know, I think Thomas Tatar slots in really well into our lineup, definitely takes that third line spot from either a Godier or a Holmstrom. I think he would be a good player, even a guy that maybe we throw with Barzad or Barzad and see what happens there. Put him with Horvat and Barzal and see what happens. I mean, he played really good next to Jackie use a lot um and i think last year was his line mate right was he on the hughes line or the Hughes line devil's homer what, where, where did he play i couldn't even tell you i'm not gonna lie i'll have to look on daily face off but he scored 21 goals last year it was kind of the devil's zach parise devil's fans say he's streaky uh we kind of dealt with that with anthony bill villier which made me a little hesitant but um yeah what do, what do you guys think about tuna tartar here yeah i would with all due respect to zach parise i'd much rather have thomas Tatar who could Maybe be at peace for us for two to three years is a very look at his scoring record, man. His points per game, pretty nice. It was a lot better than I expected. I know he's been a good forward in the league for a while, but wow, his return has been very good. So I'm cool with that. I wouldn't mind Thomas Tatar being a New York Islander. If he's a third liner, that's awesome. If he's a second liner, which he shouldn't be, that's fine. If you put him with Bar uh, Barzal and Horvat, I don't mind that either. We don't need a $10 million player next to those two. He's fine. He can get the job done. I'm cool with it. It's a great opportunity for him as well. I'm still looking up his lines. Uh, Jake, after AJ's first ever LA Knight reference on the pod, my money was that going to be on you. Uh, what, what do you think about Tuna Tatar? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Obviously, like we said, uh, the cap space will have to be um, cleared, which might mean Kyle Quarterbuck is out, like we talked about five minutes ago. But a uh, 50-point player, if you can bring a 50-point player on the island where he, you know, probably be cheapest, you know, he obviously this late in the year, obviously misjudged the market a little bit. Um, obviously, Elliot said he wants to play in the East Coast. I'm an Eastern guy. I think he said East Coast on 32 Thoughts. Um, he switched agents to... You know, people, um, six Islanders, um, if you eight, if you count Parisi and Bailey have the same agent, it's, it's all very peculiar. So we'll have to see maybe he's in next week when Cam's, I don't know. 
Um, but like I just said, it it doesn't take a lot to clear the cap space. If that's a, like if two million is the number, could be even less than that. I have no idea. One year try it deal. Um, if there's no Parisi, I, I can't think of a better affordable option than Tom Sitar right now. Um, so yeah, I think they should do it. Uh, I don't know if they will, but it's all very peculiar with the uh, the agent change right now. But um, you know, we'll see what happens. It's kind of funny that we're talking about the agent change. The guy, <laughs> it's really because like look at all the Islanders this guy covers. He had to deal with a lot of bullshit. Um, with it's kind of it's gonna be a little weird, you know, having so many guys on one team. Like you know, you got to talk about oh maybe looking at a quarterback extension. Then you got to talk about all this crap with Bailey and all the bad things Bailey's probably telling him about what the organization has done to an Islanders legend. It's got to be a little bit interesting having all those guys under one roof, in a sense. I know for the most part it's usually helpful when a GM and an agent gets along to make deals easier, and you kind of can walk in knowing what to expect, and almost every GM knows what to expect with Lou at this point if you've ever dealt with him. But, like, it's interesting having, um, you know, getting Horvat all that money and re-signing right away, then having to deal with the Bailey stuff, and just kind of was interesting to think about when you mentioned that. Yeah, him and um, Milstein, uh, I think Milstein is three Islanders. If you count Ishikov, I think Ishikov is... is um Could have counted Sochnikov with four last year. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Um, I can't do that. But I, again, the Islanders did right by his clients. Horvat got paid over market. Clutterbuck got an extension for two years that he did not. You know, he didn't. Deserve, he yeah. went year to year on clutter. And Parise got an extra year when he could have been traded at the deadline to a team he didn't want to play for. Lou does right by these guys just because of the Bailey thing. I'm not. Bailey was overpaid that last year. We can't. He, his agent should be happy. His agent shouldn't care because Josh is. Josh was just bad that last year I, I don't think you can really yeah i don't think his agents is taking that too far but uh you know if Tatar washes up in pittsburgh i wouldn't be surprised i don't think he goes to the rangers i don't think he goes to the pens um i i really don't know a team on the east coast that's really gonna have the cap space or really want him at this point um besides maybe us everyone in the east seems to be at the cap besides like the caps which funny enough but uh you know it's, it's gonna be interesting seeing what happens here with him um Maybe the Capitals is the team. I, I have no clue no. who it's going to be. Is it? Do you think we're the most likely team to get this guy at this point? Um, I wouldn't say most likely. I'd say we have a might good be, chance. It might be a Devils. Like, is the Devils reading out of the question? Probably. They have okay. like no yeah. cap. I mean, we don't have any yeah. cap either. So yeah. Ross needs to go, though. Like, what are we doing here, oh, guys? Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> if Ross will get his day at camp, I guess. Like, I, I don't know what's the point to wait. Like yeah, I, I guess you can't do waivers in the summer. Yeah, doubles yeah. are capped out. Rangers no, 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 because oh, no, Tampa put Archibald on waivers to get Tyler Mott. So they, they absolutely can. Because Archibald doesn't want to play hockey anymore. Oh, okay, I didn't. I did yeah, Archibald that. retired essentially. Oh, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, maybe maybe Ross can. Uh, if people at home um, didn't see Ross's tweet, um, obviously we talked about Horvat quarterback, but Martin Sezikis. Pajo, Parise, and Bailey are all the clients. So it, it it's weird. Um, you know, maybe a deal next week. I, I don't know, but I would say like there's a lot of speculation about the Islanders right now. Um, Pittsburgh obviously fell out, like we said, but I haven't really seen a different team mentioned. So maybe it happens. I, I I'll give it a 40-60 chance, maybe. I 
of Tatar coming, I'll go 2080. It's probably not going to happen, but it makes sense in my head, so I want it to happen, and it would be cool, but I'm not going to freak out if it doesn't happen. No, no, no. Like, if, if he doesn't, I guess it's... I, it's I don't care. But I wouldn't be mad if it happened. Yep. Um, and then I guess final story is nothing really major here, but uh, AJ, I know you listened to the Engvall interview on 32 Thoughts. Uh, you know, Jake told me a little bit more about it. I had it on his background music. I didn't play too much attention, but excited. my just guy was excited to be with um, you know another year with Nelson and Palmieri. Um, anything there for Pierre? Uh, he seemed really pumped to be back on Long Island, which was cool. I didn't finish it yet, but I got through most of the Islander talking points, and then they are going to probably do a massive Toronto suck-off as usual. They're good, though. Probably the best hockey podcast out there. Other really, than ours. Of course, other than ours. Uh, I love the access to get to the guys. Makes you feel like you're just one of the boys with Alexander Barkov. Really, like, the interviews they just do are top-notch, obviously. They have that access because of how high they are in the hockey sports media. But really good stuff. I would highly rec- recommend listening to that after listening to our podcast. He seemed really stoked to be back. I mean, I don't really think anyone gave him a seven-year contract besides the New York Islanders. He probably could have got four, four and a half for like two years on the market. Take the $21 million, set up your security. You, you know, as long as you do the right things with your money, you'll be fine the rest of your life and your family's life. You'll get the uh, brand deals. I know the very luxurious Long Island brand deals of a bacon, egg, and cheese with a, what, a blue line deli, you know. Uh, it's going to be interesting seeing, we don't really know what brand deals the Islander players do get, but you know they get some stuff here still. Everyone loves them on Long Island. We have breaking news. Oh, God, not again. Kiefer Bellows is a Carolina Hurricane. Wow. Yeah, same with Corey Conacher. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have been shocked if Bailey went there for a PTO, to be honest. I don't know how he would fit into that roster and or if he'd even want to take a PTO, but, I mean, good for Bellas, I guess, and good for Conacher for sticking around. Yeah, not, not, as, not as good as last week's breaking news, but... No, that's yeah. pretty interesting. Uh, um, friend of the podcast, Kiefer Bellows. Great on uh, New Year's uh, Eve games. No, that was... Was that... Yeah, he was good that game. He scored. He's great against the Devils. That's so. But yeah, um, Pierre was I, pretty stoked about being back on Long Island. He said Brock Nelson's very underrated, very good, very great shot. He raved about Palmieri too, which was cool to hear because we're big Palms guys on this pod. Yeah, I, I watched it. I listened to it, and they just posted the video of it last uh, yesterday. Um, he said, um, I think... I. I I'm pretty sure he said that like he, he did want to be back, but he wasn't sure because they had all the free agents, obviously. But he said it wrapped up a few weeks before. Like It was always, it, probably the birthday post, um, as we've talked about in this podcast. But this, the Islander part of the interview was great. The uh, Toronto Marley suck off and the Keith talk was not. Uh, but yeah, he, um, they talked about how underrated Brock Nelson is and how like how much Kaufman fights for the puck and wins the puck. I thought that was very interesting. And it's very exciting to be on Long Island for the next seven years. Um, I'll probably watch the interview again because that's the only one we'll get for a little bit. Um, but yeah, um, Pierre Engvall. Yeah, Kiefer Bell stinks. Um, I saw Pajot in the Jets hat. This is, this is terrible. What a, what a bad night for everyone. Yeah, Pajot's got a Jets hat on. 
He's walking around with the Jets. Said, um, Jesus Christ. He said, I hope you fans are ready for the season because we are. So that's true. I hope they're ready. I hope he's ready, man. Pat um, goes there. I just want hockey back. Pat goes there tonight? Yeah. They're all there. Pretty sure, like, yeah. or, uh, I think Islanders live Sweden, like, that everyone's there and stuff. So. Cool. I mean, they're going to watch. The he's a fucking Jet dominate. fan, so he needs to be traded. Uh, the the sexy Rex or whatever person's there too. This is it's really funny how the Jets are uh, hot ticket right now because of Aaron Rodgers. Really weird timeline we're living, and they they might also just get embarrassed by the Bills tonight. Should be a good game. I know it's starting soon, so I know we kind of want to wrap up this podcast. Yeah, I love you, Clockwork. As a non-Jets fan, I will not be <laughs> too tuned in. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, think, I guess the final the final talking note here is uh, Andrew Ladd. Uh, Andrew Ladd retired from the NHL. I guess this is a quick blow-off, I, I guess, because the game's starting soon. We can't get too mad at this. Uh, but, you know, Andrew Ladd retires. Um, he's stolen more money from this New York Islanders hockey team than anyone um, okay. anyone in my lifetime, besides perhaps Charles Wong. But, like, you know, he's he's freaking took money off our pockets. I, I really don't like Andrew Ladd. And the team thanked him at the end of the day. And uh, he was a good locker room guy. Don't really care. Whatever, Andrew Ladd retires. Um, any any thoughts here on Ladd before we, we head out here? I'm the one that's supposed to be the scumbag here, and I don't really care. I'm the one that's supposed to be the dick. Um, I, good, great career for Andrew Ladd. Incredible career. The guy didn't want to be injured all the time. It's not like he came to the rink area saying, well, let's get injured and catch another paycheck. He wanted to do what he could have done and helped Long Island and you know continued his great, great, great hockey career here. Just the, his style of play and his body gave in. It happens. It's not his fault. Maybe you should have looked at, not saying you obviously, Ryan, but the organization should, should have looked at that a little bit better and bringing in or keeping Kyle Oposo, who was, if Oposo stays, he's Islander Hall of Famer, so it's kind of sad how they ruined that one. If Oposo stays... I, w- I wasn't the biggest Oposo guy at times, so he was very shaky, but he had some great seasons on Long Island, and then you replace him with an older guy that has a lot more mileage on his body. It just didn't make sense. I know they maybe they're concerned about the eye injury, but it just never made sense, and uh, it sucks. Because Andrew Ladd didn't want to come to come to work every day being injured and banged up and didn't play and felt like he was a monster or, like, you know, I guess... Beauty and the Beast, the monster from Beauty and the Beast. It sucked. I felt bad for him. I know he made all that money, so you can maybe not feel bad for him, but the guy definitely went through some rough times on Long Island, and I'm just hoping for his physical and mental well-being now that he's had a great pro career and that, you know, just enjoy, uh, what was it, the the surgeon fishes or whatever he was getting with some of the boys down. You know, just enjoy life. He deserves it. He worked his ass off. Unfortunately, it didn't work out here, but I'm not going to fault the guy too hard for it. Uh, good career. Uh, two-time cup winner. Um, I didn't hate Ladder as much as other people. I just called him Ladder. Goddamn. Andrew Ladd as much as other people. Um, he got a tribute video to the game I went to. Um, that was fine. Uh, I got 23 goals one year. Um, and 2018-19, wasn't even... He wasn't that bad, and his trade got us Paul Mary back, I think. So he did some good things and some really bad things. Um, I'm not going to hate on the guy. Um, he was certainly an Islander. He'll always be an Islander legend. But um, like I just said, just enjoy life. Um, and, yeah, good career, I think. But 
not a memorable eye on her career. He did. I do not believe what I'm hearing right now. I know, that? right? Who would have He played for the Coyotes. Like, he could have went to LIRR retirement, uh, LTIR, LTIR retirement for us and saved us so many draft picks and so much cap space if he had just gone to freaking LTIR retirement. But he had to have that 51-game run with the Coyotes. Piss me off. I mean, he, I, I'm not going to fault him for being injured, but, like, hang it up if you're going to be injured and your thing's going to be you were injured. Like, just hang it up. You had to have that last run with the Yotes. Did he get over 1,000 games in that stretch? Yeah, he did by one game, 101 games. So yeah, no, I don't care. That's Good what he wanted. Him. But, man, it, it would have been a big help if this guy just sat on the bench or sat on the shelf like he should have. And, oh, my God. He, he, Career-high 23 goals with this team, 31 points. Absolutely terrible his first year. Um, probably pushed Tavares out of here because of how bad he was. Like, this was the big – him and Eberle were the two big strokes to try to get 91 to stay. And he was just awful. And, you know, the team never really made it back to where it was in 2016 where he came here until Trout's game. So it's, it's annoying. I, I don't know. I'm never really going to get over how terrible he was for the money we were paying him. It's sports. Um yeah, I'm shocked that Jake and I said that and you didn't agree. <laughs> yeah, I don't that's agree so at funny. all. I mean, uh, that, I don't blame that, you. That's, that's fair. That's a very unfair assessment. On, um... Those colored glasses. I'm going through Jake's Andrew Lagt history. This is there we go. Fan no, of Lagt. Oh God, this is terrible. Um, you know, play the game at home. It's it's him talking. No, 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 no. You're gonna screenshot some tweets and we'll put them up right now on the podcast. Yeah, and say thank you, oh Andrew God, Ladd. It's unbelievable. It's just Andrew <laughs> Ladd is elite. Andrew Ladd, Andrew Ladd, Andrew Ladd. Ladd in all capitals in a Bridgeport game. You like, love Andrew God, Ladd. I don't, I don't really hate Andrew Ladd either. He was a good guy with the few times I met him. I, I felt kind of bad for him because he's kid. I feel bad for the family too because his kids, if they were old enough, his kids had to get ragged on in school, man. But then I guess they come home and they get all their new Nintendo Switches and PS7, so... You know, the, the funniest part about this episode, and let me put a bow on everything here, Andrew Ladd and Kiefer Bellows were supposed to be traded for Zach Parise. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Big, I just saw the price. Big always sweet. Yep. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. The three guys we covered the most episode, or well, that's I guess Kiefer ended. got a little bit, but um, yeah, that's, that's I guess, the way to end it there. And, uh, you know, um, I, I kind of, I was hoping Ladd pulled through in the first couple of years, but in retrospect, I'm not going to really be able to get over how annoyed at that guy I was. Um, Is he on your hate list with Ben Simmons and Tavares and... I don't hate Ben Simmons. Right. I don't hate Ben Simmons at all. You hate Andrew Ladd, but you don't hate Ben Simmons. I don't hate Ben Simmons. He's just bad at basketball. You have your list of Jay Wright and all the Aaron Rodgers, obviously, all those people you see on that. Aaron Rodgers, he's not on the hate list. I pity him. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I pity Aaron Rodgers. All right, we're ending it here. I want to go watch the football. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he's, he's not He's not there. It's it's 91, blooper, Jay Wright, Panarin, <laughs> Scherzer, Goudreau, Dabrinkan. Blooper. So. Yeah, Rogers isn't there. He's not. I'm shocked. Close. You hate. You talk. You hate Rogers. I don't talk about him that much. He's just, you know. You talk. About, we'll see. We'll see your tweets tonight. I'm not. Gonna, I'm, not I'm not playing. I'm watching the game. If it's on in the background, I might catch an eye. But so. he, he hates the Bills just as much. So That's fair. That's fair. I'm just, I just want a good game. I just want a good game. I'm excited. It's cool to see um, good football team, but uh, potentially good football teams play each other. I don't think Jets are going to be good, though. I think they're a little overhyped, but hey. Um, they're absolutely overhyped. We'll see. We'll Coming see. from a fan of an overhyped team. 
Yeah, I, we can't speak. All our teams fucking lost. So uh, no, 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 no. The, if, if the Bills one up the Giants, I, I, I would be very happy. What do you mean one up by lose forty one to zero? It could, it could be forty five nothing. Yeah, it's. I'd be shocked, man. There's, we'll no, see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Hey, we're not a football podcast, but I I just want good football. Like, did anyone watch that Dolphins game? The Dolphins Chargers I did. That, game. That was a good game. That was a great was game. A good... Just give me a game like that. I I know we don't want to see, or some of us might not want to see Rogers sauce it up. No pun intended, of course. But I just want to watch enjoyable football. I don't really care about the tactics or the uh, scheme. Passion. Yeah, I just just give me fun football. Ryan, want to want to wrap this up now? <laughs> We're yeah, talking about I'm tactics. Just sitting here, biting my tongue, pretending tonight's game's not on since uh, you know. It's... It's not fun. Um, but, yeah, uh, to wrap us up here, you can follow AJ on Twitter at DeVito Hockey. You can follow Jake on Twitter at Prime Jakey. You can follow me on Twitter at Ramon. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Skin, Skates and Steaks. Definitely follow the pod account. We might have a Q&A next week. We might do a giveaway soon. I know we've thrown that around. Might even be some merch coming down the pipeline. We'll let you guys know about that. Uh, but, you know, it'll be exciting, and we're excited to have the season. We're definitely going to be more active on the pod Twitter. That's something that I fell short on this summer, but there really wasn't much to do. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to keep going here, and we'll have an episode for you guys next week and thanks for sticking around peace see ya